The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king God made me punch in accurate numbers My castle won't crumble What I tackle will fumble I've been a leader when they ain't see it But now my feet is up According to me royalty didn't end with king touch Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs Big says sky is the limit I look down on the ledge I push the bar like I'm opening the cell Hands in my cookie jar You won't come out with a single nail I need all of mine The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked I make all my moves on the board, I invented my step uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler, I feel like Mansa Musa Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda Triangle, look at it from my angle I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels yeah. I'm a king Heavy is the head that wears the crown I put in extra work that just can't be found I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct of the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King, and I am brought to you on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network by Picasso Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day, Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide order at PicassoPizza.net. What is going on, Bills fans? And I feel like I'm going to have some Niners fans in the building tonight. What is going on? I am I'm excited. The uh, Oh, let me lock this up. My bad. I'm, I'm just doing stuff. Doing stuff wrong. Doing stuff wrong. Uh, there we go. Had to lock that up. Uh, but um, I'm excited. I'm excited. We are done with the preseason. Uh, we had a cut down today for every team around the NFL, but our Buffalo Bills have, you know, got, got our roster a little bit tighter. We're, uh, we're almost there. I, I know we still need a, a punter. So they're going to do some, some, a numbers game with the, with the current 53 roster. We're going to probably send somebody else to injury reserve. My guess is Stevenson will make IR and then we'll have space to sign a punter. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. I'll go through the releases. I did want to open the show up, though. I was talking to uh, a good friend of mine yesterday, um, and I'm sure everybody saw the post, too. So somebody uh, reached out to me and was telling me how they went to the grocery store. And this was an issue for me because I'm obviously everybody knows I'm in Phoenix. So I want to talk about this for a second. So I'm not in Buffalo, but in Buffalo, I feel like we all know, right? If you are walking down the street or you're somewhere in public and somebody is wearing a Bills, whatever, and you say go Bills. We know what the correct response is, right? We are supposed to say go Bills back. In Buffalo, why why is it that? What is going on? What is going on? I've been seeing a lot of people complain about this. Now, for those listening by podcast, if you can't tell, I'm being sarcastic and I'm joking. I understand that some days you might not feel right, feel like saying go Bills back. However, it's the season, damn it. So it's time to have some fun. It's time to kick this thing up into overdrive. It's time to have some fun. Listen, I can't wait for L.A. I can't wait for L.A. Next week is L.A. 
Next week is L.A. I'm going to say that again. Next week is L.A., which means seven days plus two more days, we're going to see Josh Allen for four quarters. We're going to see Stephon Diggs for four quarters. We're going to see Von Miller in a Buffalo Bills uniform playing for the first time, not in practice. My man Richard Russ said, crank it to 10. I'm a six, but I'm a B at 10. I'm a B at 11. Shout out to my man Joe Miller in the building. He's enjoy. I hope he's still enjoying his vacation. Had a great time last night on uh, the Off Tackle show with John Fina filling in for Joe. That was a great time. Shout out to Steph. Sarah's in here and Richard Rush. Got Gina repping the Bay. Gina has a great podcast. If anybody is looking for a podcast uh, for 49ers material or uh, during the NBA season, if you're looking for um, – you know, she she loves Steph Curry and she loves the Warriors out there. I wish she would cover my Lakers a little bit more. But if you're looking for some good content, she's very knowledgeable. She's awesome. Go ahead and uh, follow Gina on, on Twitter, Instagram, wherever she is. Jay Mock in the building. What's up, man? So let's get to this. Let's get to this. Um, let's get to the, the releases. Shout out to everybody. I, I don't want to miss anybody. Shout out to everybody in the room. So I think everybody expected Matt Barkley to be cut. You know, he's going to come back to the practice squad. He's part of the roster. You know, he's not, he's not going anyplace. He's comfortable. Um, if anything surprised me on this list, I would honestly say, um, like everybody, I would think the Isaiah Hodgins cut was a, was a surprise because over the last few weeks of the preseason, you know, he, he really showed that, um, you know, he developed into a pretty good receiver. Yeah. You know, I think somebody said, you know, if this was during the, the, the days where we had, Kelvin, Kelvin, Benjamin, if this was the Kelvin Benjamin days, Isaiah Hodges would probably be wide receiver one for the Buffalo Bills. So first, I want to say I need you all to understand how far we have come as an organization since Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott took over this team. We're making cuts and, and we're upset about cuts, not because we just love the people, but because they're good. Like they're really good. O.J. Howard was a free agent signing that everybody seemed to be excited about. He's a super athletic tight end. Super athletic. Supposed to be, a, you know, make some good plays with Josh. I expected him to make the roster. He had a lot of guarantee, not a ton, but for a signing like his, he had a lot of guaranteed money. This year and next year. Gone. Gone. So what this tells me is that the Buffalo Bills are in go mode. There's, there's no, there's no more, you know, okay, we gave him some guaranteed money. He's, he's a guaranteed roster position. Nope. No, at this point it's excellence or nothing. It's excellence or nothing. It's top of the top or nothing. And that's what our Buffalo Bills are going into this season. It's, it's, we're cutting guys that are going to go somewhere else and start. <laughs> it's amazing. I know half of Bill's Mafia is upset about Raheem Blackshear. I, I think he makes it back to the practice squad. I do. I think that um, – now, I could be wrong about that. I'm sure, you know, the Giants are always looking for people. I think their backup to Saquon Barkley right now is either Antonio Williams or, or Matt Breida. Those aren't two guys – now, with respect to those guys, those aren't two guys that I would trust to run my team if Saquon Barkley went down. Do I trust a three-headed monster maybe of Blackshear and those guys? We'll see. I don't know. Um, I think there's other teams that may look for him, but I think just the way it's gone in the past, I think a lot of our guys are going to make it to the roster. I remember everybody was upset. We thought we weren't going to get Duke Williams back. Duke made it back every time. It's okay. We, we're not, we're not going to miss out on anything or anyone. We still have, in my opinion, the deepest roster top to bottom, 1-53 to in the entire NFL. I just... Yes, you know, Joe Miller says, question, which players cut end up in New England? You know what? That's a good question. I, now, depending on, you know, I, I could see, honestly, I could see I, Isaiah Hodgins going. And I know you don't like that, Joe. Isaiah Hodgins is Joe Miller's guy. He, he roots for him and I root for him. But Joe really, really roots for him. And he has a good reason to. He's very talented. The guy doesn't drop the passes. He, he showed up in preseason. He's made himself look like an up and coming star. And right now, when you look at the New England Patriots, first of all, we know that their offense is completely, we know that their offense 
right now, every report that we're getting out of New England is like, it's confusing and it's surprising that New England looks the way that they look. They have some pretty good running backs out there in New England right now. They signed two tight ends last season and only one seemed to show up. So now when you, when you're talking about this, you got to think about it. If they have an opportunity to sign a guy like Isaiah Hodges that shows up, I think New England Patriots absolutely are on the radar. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. I am ready to bring my guest in. I'm excited about this one. Um, this gentleman that I'm about to bring in has, um, he's, he's, well, he's, I call him the big, the big dog of SB Nation and, and uh, you know, 49ers, the SB Nation uh, umbrella for 49ers. But when I tell you, like this guy, he's, he's, he's solid. He's one of the best podcasters that, that I started to listen to as I got into podcasting. He's one of the guys that I respect, not only because of his work, but as an individual, as a man. And I'm very, very excited to have my guy in here. My guy, Stats, Rob Stats. What is going on, Stats? Thank you for joining me, man. Well, first of all, thanks for that intro. I mean, I'm all fired up about Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. And then you go say <laughs> a bunch of nice stuff about me. Now I'm like, all oh, calm down. Thank you. Well, I had to do that because I knew I was going to get you worked up when we brought up this Jimmy <laughs> G situation. <laughs> so I had to get it going. But but hey, man, I really appreciate you you joining me today. Today is a busy day. So I feel like it's a perfect day for a podcast to be live. Like, the, you know, every it's news everywhere around the NFL. So let's get right into it, man. You. Let's let's start with you and your team. <laughs> what is going on with this Jimmy G situation? Because the thing is, y'all been saying the whole the fan base, the coaching staff, the GM. Hey, Jimmy G's done. We're, we're moving on from him. Trey Lance is our guy. And now he's still there. What is going on? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know why they can't quit each other. It's such a bizarre situation. And the only thing I could think of is. Forget what they say, right? For who cares what they say? What matters is what they do. So they can talk mm -hmm. about how it's Trey's team and they love Trey Lance and everything is fine. Everybody knows what's up in the locker room. Don't believe it for a second because you don't believe you don't bring back Jimmy Garoppolo unless you think you might have to use him. It's a hedge. It has to be. You're either not confident in Trey Lance's ability or you're not confident in his ability to stay healthy. It's one of those two things because that's the only thing it could be. So, well, so from your perspective, then, which of the two or, or is it both? Like, do you think it's a combination of the two? Yeah, I think it's both. I think the 49ers want to have their cake and eat it, too. It, mm. They have a roster that's good enough to win the Super Bowl. They just do. It's one of the best rosters in the league. It's certainly one of the best rosters in the NFC. But they drafted a quarterback who may need multiple years of seasoning if he ever develops in the league. And they are unwilling to take their lumps, kind of like the Bills did with Josh Allen, to get to the point where he can be an effective weapon. They keep trying to have Trey Lance and develop Trey Lance without actually playing him while also rolling Jimmy Garoppolo out there and getting to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, and and to me, that was my biggest criticism of the team last year. I, I First of all, I agree with everything you said. I think that roster is Super Bowl ready besides the quarterback position. And and that's not a shot at, at Trey Lance. And last year, it wasn't a shot at Jimmy G. I just think that, um, you know, the, the type of roster that you guys have, you also still you, you need a quarterback that, you know, is not just going to I'm not going to lose games. You actually need a guy who's going to actually make that play every once in a while. You got some studs, but you, you need a quarterback. So, you know, it, it's just. I saw something you said on Twitter and I kind of want to bring it up in this conversation. It's just ridiculous because Tom Brady didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo backing him up. And now you're, you're thinking that a, a second, third year player with all the potential in the world who at, I'm guessing a month ago thought that the organization was all in on him. Like how, what, what does that do to his psyche in your opinion? I think it's terrible. And I literally asked Kyle Shanahan about that today on the conference call. Because he said that, you know, Jimmy dealt with Trey being behind him all year last year. And I said, Kyle, like, you really don't see a difference between Jimmy G with an unproven rookie from North Dakota State who's thrown less than 400 passes in his life on the roster and Trey Lance, this unproven guy who now has 30-year-old Jimmy Garoppolo who's got a Super Bowl under his belt behind him. You really don't see a difference? And he basically said no, which I don't believe for a single freaking second. Because the second Trey Lance starts to struggle – the locker room is going to start choosing sides because you know there's going to be dudes in that locker room 
maybe a guy, an older guy like Trent Williams, who don't really care about the development of the 49ers organization. Yeah. He's trying to get his ring now. He's going to be like, what are we doing with this kid when we've got a guy that we know we can win with and Jimmy Garoppolo just sitting there? Like, it's going to happen. And I don't know why the 49ers are either they don't see it or they're refusing to acknowledge it. And, and, and you're right. When you say it that way, it's wild because you're right with Jimmy G. You made it to the Super Bowl. You made it to the conference championship. Like, you know, it's like what do you, what more really what more can he do to to I don't know. I just think it's an uncomfortable thing. And I was grateful. Josh Allen situation. We got we, we let Tyrod go. It wasn't a right. You know, yeah. We're grateful you made it to the playoffs, man. But hey, we just drafted this guy. He's our guy. So good luck. You can go to Cleveland <laughs> and think about that too. Yeah. Like the bills were not known to go to the playoffs every year before that happened. And he, and Tyrod took them to the playoffs and they yeah. still cleared the deck, just like the chiefs cleared the deck for Patrick Mahomes in 2018. When yeah, you yeah. got your guy and you know, you don't need a parachute. You don't need a safety net. And the 49ers have a safety net and they only got it for one reason. Cause they're worried about falling. Man, and I feel for him. I, well, I don't know. I don't know how he is emotionally or mentally for this. I'm hoping that he's taking this well. I'm hoping that he's taking it differently than what we're assuming. But I'm, I'm rooting for the guy, man. So, but let's talk about your rosters because you know, like we said, everywhere around the league it was cut down day. Um, you cut to me. I, I don't follow the team closely, so to me it was a surprise. You cut one of your running backs that was, I think, I think he was like one of your top third down backs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, were there any surprises for you or does this all look normal? Well, you're right. Jermichael Hasty was their third down back last year. The problem was he just wasn't a good third down back last year. So (laughs) I was kind of happy to see him get cut. Uh, he's the kind of player that he wasn't awful, but I also think he's the kind of guy that if you need him during the season, you can pick him up again or someone basically just like him. Uh, don't forget the 49ers have spent two third round picks in back-to-back years on running backs in Ty Davis price and Trey Sermon. So they were both going to make the roster, even though Sermon hasn't looked particularly great this year. Uh, so yeah, that is kind of a a big role for the 49ers. That's going to be changing this year. I don't really know who they're going to put in that spot. Uh, it might be Jordan Mason. Who's kind of an undrafted free agent. That's been turning some heads in camp, but that's sort of up in the air right now. But yeah, hasty, even though he was the third down back, nobody's shedding any tears for him. Okay. And what about the rest of the ride? Any surprises for you or any disappointments? Well, I'm a little surprised that they gave Nate Sudfeld like $2 million guaranteed dollars, and then he couldn't beat out literally the last pick in the draft for a, a quarterback <laughs> job on the roster and Brock Purdy, which is like, it's surprising on multiple levels. One, I don't know why the 49ers thought Nate Sudfeld was going to be any good in the first place. But two, like, dude, this guy was the literal last pick in the draft, and you couldn't yeah. beat him out. So that was a little weird. But, you know, I'm just tired of talking about the 49ers backup quarterback. I really don't want to be doing it, but that was a surprise. Hopefully we won't even have to see Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo or any other damn quarterback that's on the roster this year. <laughs> well, before we get move on to the rest of the NFC, what, what are your expectations for your team this year? I happen to be in the camp that I think that Trey Lance is going to be good. I think he's going to be much better at the end of the season than he is at the beginning of the season, because obviously he'll have more experience. And I think Kyle Shanahan will have more experience with him. Kyle's big strength is figuring out how you're going to attack him and then using the rules of your defense against you. He doesn't know how teams are going to attack Trey Lance because we haven't seen him yet. So as he goes along, I think he'll get better. But I think that the running game and especially the defense is going to be so good early that they're going to kind of be able to Garoppolo their way through the first few weeks of the season with Trey Lance. And then hopefully by the end of the year, he's in a position where he can actually start to make some plays and be maybe the reason why they win some games. So I'm predicting around 10, 11 wins. Man, I like Trey. I just he's he has all the um, the intangibles that, you know, what? when I hear the comparisons, that some of his teammates have made that, that he, you know, like, well, he kind of reminds me of, of Josh or he has like, normally I took offense to other teams saying that about their guy. <laughs> I, I feel like with Trey, I actually feel like I see some of those traits. I think he's going to be a star. I really do. The big difference between Trey and Josh that sticks out in my mind is that Josh is not afraid to take off and run. Like if Josh sees an opening, he goes like, he knows he's a horse and he's like, come and stop it. Trey Lance does not look to do that. Trey Lance, to me, looks at his legs like 
break glass in case of emergency. Like, let me look and look and look. And okay, finally, if there's really nothing else I can do, I'll take off and run down the field, which I think sometimes actually leads to him not gaining as many yards on the ground as he could if he just decided to put his head down and take off right away. That is the biggest difference between the two guys to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, for me, now this is a little selfish, and then we can move on from your, from your squad. Uh, Debo Samuel, prior to I know everything is good now, like you know with the team contracts, it, they're good. But prior to, he had some complaints about the way he was being used and, and certain things like that because of the money. Do we see that changing? Like, do we see um, him still being used as like a hybrid running back slash wide receiver, or is he going to be more just wide receiver? You know, how is that going to play out? I think he likes to be used as a running back, frankly. Like there were times literally last year against the Cowboys before Debo's big touchdown run, they get the ball back. And as Debo is running out onto the field, he says, Kyle, give me the ball. Let's go. And Shanahan did. They ran it in a touchdown the next play. I don't think, I think he's cool with that, to be honest with you. I just think he wanted to be paid for it. And they actually put incentives in his contract, rushing incentives for different things. If he gets so many carries, if he gets so many yards, he gets more money which is he absolutely should. So I think that's really his biggest gripe was not that he was used that way. It was like, okay, just pay me to do this. Pay me to take this extra punishment. They have, or they will at least. And I think, honestly, I think that situation ended as good as it could have possibly ended for the 49ers and for Debo. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And, and you know what? I would have hated as much as like a player like that. It's exciting for us to talk about. And like the news cycle is great, but certain players it's like no you're supposed to be with with your team man. like you know like you just you're a 49er I didn't want to see Debo traded I didn't want to see him like I I actually didn't like the AJ Brown trade either I felt like he's a Tennessee Titan so you know it's it's like I was very happy that 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 got resolved for you guys so yeah I think that Debo's in like the perfect spot with a coach who can take advantage yeah. of all his abilities, right? Like a Absolutely. different coach might not have used him the same way. And it's cool to see Debo get a handoff and truck three guys and run 40 yards down the field. It's fun. At least for he's me. He's a beast, man. No, he's a beast. <laughs> like I enjoy watching. So, you know, if, if it's obviously if the bills aren't on, like I have my team, the 49ers are like one of my teams. So, you know, I really enjoy watching you guys. And Debo is that he's that guy for me, man. So, well, let's move on to the rest of the NFC. So, you know, Obviously, I, I feel that you, you feel that the 49ers are going to win your division. Um, or do you feel that because I'm, I'm damn sure Seattle's not going to. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm so sure of it. Um, the Cardinals, how do you how do you see the Cardinals this year? I, I, me living here, I'm confused. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I feel like they got better or if they regressed. I really don't know. They signed their quarterback to a huge extension. And they thought it was so necessary to put in there that he's got to watch four hours of film a week. They were so worried about him not studying that They literally put that in writing. That told me all I need to know about the Arizona Cardinals. You combine that with the fact that Kyler refused to go into the end of the playoff game against the Rams last year because he was pouting on the sideline. I'm so out on the Cardinals. I was so happy as a Niner fan when they re-upped Steve Kime and they re-upped Cliff Kingsbury, and now they're locked into Kyler Murray. Great. Awesome. That's the guy I'm going to be competing against, the guy that every time a new Call of Duty game comes out, he stinks the next Sunday. Like, okay, sign me up for that. Yeah, no, it's it's because what the thing is, and that's the part for me, when you just said they extended the coach, they extended the GM. Thing is, like, man, you, you show up big in the beginning of the season. You come out hot, come week eight, week 10, your team starts to fade, man. And, and it's consistent every year. Last year, I I, I don't want to give him a, an excuse, but I get it. Like, you know, Hopkins was out with an injury and you're running game and JJ Watt. Like, I get it. All the injuries. Kyler got her injured. But I, still, I just, I don't get it, man. You can't disappear towards the end of the season and then, you know, demand a, a new contract when you still have two years left as a quarterback or demand, you know, you want an extension as a coach. I just, I, I, I don't get it. And Kyler, you know, the play he got hurt on against the Packers wasn't like this extraordinary play. You know, I, I know it's like a low hanging fruit to go back to this, but Kyler Murray is not a big dude. I have stood no. next to Kyler Murray. He is not taller than me and I am five ten. Now he's got a hell of a lot more muscles than I do, but he's compared to the guys he's out there with, like he's going to get thrown around a little bit. And if he gets hurt at all, even if he plays, if he's not a hundred percent, 
that offense just doesn't look the same way it does when he's healthy and they're rolling. And see, they they um they traded for Cody Ford from Buffalo. Um, mm-hmm. They're trying to protect him a little more. Listen, I love Cody, um, but there's a reason why the Bills were looking to get something for him. He wasn't the guy. We drafted him in the second round. We got a fifth rounder for him. So, you know, as much as I love him, you know, he's just not the guy. So I, I still don't think that they made an improvement enough. You know, they got rid of a stud on defense and Chandler Jones. He goes to Vegas. So, you know, it's like I don't I don't know. I really don't know if I feel like they took a step. I, I, I don't know. So moving on. Um the other divisions. Let's start with, you know, uh, let's start with the East. How how do we feel about the NFC East? I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles have run circles around the Dallas Cowboys this off season. I mean, even today, uh, Philly made a, a move for um, Gardner Johnson, the the defensive mm-hmm. back out of New Orleans, really solid, good player. Like all of a sudden, the Eagles are loading up, and I look at the Cowboys and I'm like, what have the Cowboys done to help Dak Prescott? They traded away Amari Cooper. They've had some injuries along the offensive line. Like, what? what is the one area where the Dallas Cowboys are better today than they were last year? I can't think of a single one. And now you've got this, this whole controversy with, you know, Sean Payton potentially being out there as a coaching free agent. We know that Jerry Jones loves Sean Payton, tried to hire Sean Payton multiple times before. Like there's just a lot of bad juju with the Cowboys. I think the Eagles are winning that division, and I feel it even more strongly after they made the move today. And and you know what? It's it's funny. I don't even think it's close. Like you know, <laughs> normally I feel like the Cowboys have the more talented roster, but they just do dumb stuff. I, the Eagles, man, they got a roster over there. Yes, absolutely, they do. It's not just like Jalen Hurts and a bunch of stiffs. They've they're got a strong defense. They brought in A.J. Brown, like you mentioned. Devontae Smith is still there. They have one of the best running games in the league, especially when you include what Hurts can do. Like, I would be disappointed if the Eagles don't win the NFC East. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, um, I think we're in agreement. What about what about the Giants? Um, they they took our offensive coordinator from last year. Now, you know, Brian Dayball is the head coach out there. Um, there's some excitement, obviously, when you get a new coach and you get, you know, some new players and, and all that. I think the expectation is that I think it's a crazy expectation, but I think the expectation is that Brian Dayball is going to help develop Daniel Jones. Like he did Josh Allen, completely different players, but <laughs> you know, like completely different. It's not even a close comparison, but um, what are your expectations for that team? Look, you know, Brian Dayball a lot better than me, but one thing I do know about him, he's not a wizard. Okay. He can't take a scrub and make him a star. And I don't think the Giants think he's going to do that because if they did, they would have picked up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option, and they didn't. And they really didn't wait long to decline it. To me, that tells you they know Daniel Jones isn't the guy. Now, maybe he can change everybody's mind this year. I guess it's possible. But when I think of Daniel Jones, I just can't help but thinking of the guy that tripped over his own feet with nothing but green grass in front of him in prime time. Like to me, that's always going to sum up the, his career to me. I mean, he turns the ball over. It just, it's not good. And Stead. Brian Dable, <laughs> I think could be a good coach, but it's going to take time. I think to build up and turn over that roster. Dude, I had him on my fantasy team that year. Like I remember because like, what? I'll never forget that play. I'll <laughs> never forget that play. Like, dude, like you were, you, come on, man. Nothing but I, green grass. There was nobody within 10 yards of him. And that's supposed to be the best thing he does. You tackle yourself. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? And well, the one thing about the team that I will say, I I, I do, I look at the the blueprint of what they're doing. And to me, it's the exact same thing the Bills did five years ago. You know, they come in, they keep their quarterback, uh, they gut the roster of bad contracts. They take some dead money on because they know they need to clear it up going forward. They draft a cornerback they draft a lineman so it's like the same formula um and really like i said they keep the quarterback we kept tyrod ironically tyrod is the backup there now but they kept tyrod and i think i agree with you they're gonna you know hey if if we make the playoffs cool now if you if you take a step forward and dan which i i just don't see but if you take a step forward and he becomes that guy great we got our guy if not okay we can we can draft we're gonna figure this thing out next year we're gonna find a free agent so you know i'm i'm Looking forward to seeing what they are with, with Dayball, but no, I agree with you because you figure when he was in Cleveland, when he was in any team that he was on with as an offensive coordinator, 
coordinator without a great quarterback. He didn't he didn't look like the Brian Dayball he had with Josh Allen. So it's just a it's a big difference. Huge difference. Yeah, look, it takes two. Like, you need good coaches and you need good players, but you just can't expect a guy that's a good coach to magically make someone a totally different player than they've been before. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So, well, let's go down to the South. Everybody's favorite division in the NFC because, you know, obviously the number one overall best – don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, first of all, no, let's start there, man. How in how How the hell – does Tom Brady beat out Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Donald for the number one spot? Forget me complaining about Josh being 13. Forget that. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Donald. Really, Tom Brady, number one? I think he's got – don't forget who's voting on this thing, right? It's other players. And I don't know if there's another player in the league that has the respect of his peers more than he's 45 years old. Okay. The guy's older than dirt and he's not just hanging on. He's putting up like the best numbers of his career. It's absurd. It is ridiculous. And I agree. Like physically there are guys more. Josh Allen is light years ahead of Tom Brady physically, even at Brady's peak. Josh Allen is a mutant, but I think that Brady's just got a ton of respect. Guys are like, I'm, you know, when I wake up, every bone in my body hurts. Tom Brady's three times my age and he's getting out there, and, yeah. you know, loving life, rocking out. So he's got a lot of respect among peers. And I think that's how he got to number one. Yeah. And the dude looks 25. Like every time I see him, he actually looks younger. Not yeah. He's, a joke as he's Benjamin budding, buttoning us. <laughs> yeah. Every time. But, uh, but let's talk about the division a bit. I, um, I, Sorry for the 49ers fans that's listening tonight, but my pick actually uh, for the Super Bowl is not like I'm not even trying to have like a hot take on it. I really think that the Saints are going to take a step forward in a way that people are underestimating across the board. I think they're a very good roster. I think Jameis is a lot better than what people want to believe. Last season before he tore his ACL, he was a very efficient quarterback, a very good quarter, and he has weapons now. He has weapons out there with Alvin Kamara. They, they signed um, – let me see. I'm having a brain fart here, but uh, the, the guy, what's his name from Cleveland, Jarvis Landry. Um, you know, they still have, they have some weapons there. So what is your take on that division, but specifically first the Saints? Well, I'm going to be totally honest. I'm a Saints hater. Mm-hmm. I never have liked the Saints on. I just lay that out there right now. <laughs> but I think they're trying to make a Big Mac without the secret sauce. They're trying to keep everything the same, except not having Sean Payton. But if you try to make a Big Mac without secret sauce, all you have is a hamburger. So I'm not buying this from the Saints until I see it. Like, I have to see it to believe it. Um, You're right. Jameis was playing better before he got hurt with Sean Payton there. And I know that they still have Pete Carmichael's there as the offensive coordinator. So they're, you know, they're thinking that they're going to be able to keep things largely the same. I don't know. I think it's really curious that Sean Payton was like, yeah, I'm going to retire from coaching, but I pretty much want to coach next year. Like, I thought that was really weird. You know, the Saints have had a lot of salary cap issues. I almost feel like Sean Payton, like, ran up the credit card bill and then bailed before he had to make the first payment. It seemed kind of weird to me, Um, but they do have really good players on the roster. You're right. Uh, I'm blinded by my Saints hatred. I just, I got to see it work there before I just say, oh, well, Jameis is in and they're going to keep everything the same and it's going to run fine. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. And I understand too, the personal hate, because I don't <laughs> care how good certain teams get. Like there's certain teams. It's just like, no, no, you're, you're, you're buns, man. You're trash. So uh, our favorite situation to talk about last year, we uh, had a, you and I had a friendly wager that we really didn't get to, you know, I guess settle because there was an injury to our guy in Carolina um, that was traded from the New York jets. Now we have, two quarterbacks from the same draft that Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen was picked in after these guys, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are now in Carolina. What is your, what is your take on this? And uh, what was your reaction when that whole thing played out there in Carolina? Well, you know, I was never on the Darnold train, you know, it's kind of like the same thing with Daniel Jones, right? It was like, people said, Sam Darnold. Well, once he gets away from Adam Gase, he's going to be so much better to me. He wasn't. Like it's not all on a bad coach. So you can say what you want about Daniel Jones, but I don't think he's going to be the different guy. 
I'm actually kind of on the Baker Mayfield train. I, and, and again, this could wow. be my bias also because I like Baker's personality. Like, I just think he's an interesting, funny person. Like he's not the normal, like we're just going to go out there and play quarterback and, you know, take it one game at a time. Like he literally commented this week. He said, he's going to bleep up the Browns when they play in week one. <laughs> and this is Baker Mayfield coming off a terrible year. I'm like, great, man. Now yeah. I have a reason to watch that game. So I like him. But I also look at Baker and I'm like, man, the dude set the rookie record for touchdown passes in a season. He didn't even start every game that year. And he had yeah. friggin' Freddie Kitchens as his offensive coordinator. Then they like randomly make Freddie Kitchens the head coach and stunner of all stunners. He doesn't look as good. And mm -hmm. I know last year he wasn't great, but he was hurt almost immediately last year. I don't know. I think that Baker is not as bad as people think. And I think that because he rubs so many people the wrong way, personality wise, they hammer him on the field more than he deserves. Is that fair or am I just biased? I think you're biased, but I'm biased. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so like the way you talk about the Saints, that's how I talk about Baker. Like I, his his personality rubs me completely wrong. Like, yep, I get it. If if he would have won some games first, and I'm not talking about like his rookie year, you're right. He had a very he have the record for rookie touchdowns and um. And he was the first quarterback to lead the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs. And, you know, so he has there are things that he's accomplished that I can't take from him. And, you know, but to me, I, you know, after that rookie year or during the rookie year, he was talking like he had won five Super Bowls. Like he he was talking like, you know, and even still now. Now, this is funny to me because I want Cleveland to suffer all the suffering that they can suffer. <laughs> so. So, so who I'm are you rooting root for? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm rooting for Baker week one. I, okay. I absolutely. And, you know, it, and you're right. It gives you a reason to watch. But. Yeah, I just I still don't think he's going to be I don't think he's going to be any different, man. He's not yeah, he's not like a stud, but I just think he's I don't think he's like a bust, if that's fair. And I and I do find him just endlessly entertaining. So, I'll sign me up for that. If I got to watch a guy that's like not great, kind of like mediocre, at least make him interesting to me. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'm with you. Uh, real quick, before we get into the North, because I know everybody wants to talk about Aaron Rodgers and this interview that he had the other day. Let me take a quick moment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> let me get a quick moment to hear from my man, Buffalo Freddy. Okay, here's the deal. I know as Bills fans, we wait all year for the fall and the winter so we can go to the Bills games. I get it. Trust me, I do. But let me tell you why this time of the year is elite. It's party time. And we're going to party for so many reasons, whether it's a graduation party, a birthday party, family reunion, or just because it's Saturday and the weather's perfect. Here's the thing. My guy, Buffalo Freddy, has everything you need to make your party the best party of the year. We have everything from chairs and tables to premium tents, water slides, wet and dry bounce houses, and so much more. And that's not all. The best barbecue catering in Western New York has you covered, whether it's a small party or a corporate gathering. Buffalo Freddy Barbecue Catering makes everything easy for you. Rentals and bookings available now at www.buffalofreddy.com or you can call 716-4-FREDDY. That's 716-437-3339. Remember, for all your party rental needs, just call 4-FREDDY. All right. And then next, not next week, because next week is the opener. The following week for the home opener, if you are in Buffalo, make sure you get out and join us on the 16th, that Friday night. We're going to be at the Heights for karaoke night. It's going down. I'm, first of all, I just want you all to know I'm singing like every song possible. So we're going to do some duets. It's going down. But everything is going to be in honor and memory of my Aunt Pearl, who was one of the victims in the uh, shooting at Tops on Jefferson. And we're going to be donating everything as a scholarship in Aunt Pearl's honor to Good Samaritan Church. That is the church that she ran the pantry at for all the years that she had, had done all those great things. We do have a raffle going on right now. Um, I'll have this up for a hot second, but then go on Twitter. You can find it $2 per raffle ticket. Uh, we're going to be giving away some really good prizes. I can't wait to see everybody. Honestly, I really can't wait to see everybody. It's going to be so much fun. And then the following night, we are going to be doubling down on our Buffalo Rumblings beer release the second year in a row last year. It was a great time. We did the live pod this year. We're doing it again. The voice Joe Miller is going to be hosting this mega pod. It's going to be a great time. Come on out and hang with us. I can't wait to see everybody. Now let's talk about this whole Aaron Rodgers 
debacle. Well, I can't even call it a debacle because I just think he's Aaron Rock. Like, this is, I've come to expect like controversial conversations now whenever Aaron Rodgers is mentioned. So, what are your thoughts on? I'll just let you say, what are your thoughts? Just because he's a Hall of Fame quarterback doesn't mean he's cool or smart or any of that. And Aaron Rodgers loves to think he's the smartest guy in the room. And that's fine. Whatever you're not Aaron. Like we all see what you're doing and what you're trying to do. Like every time you were throwing shade in press conferences with the Packers, like we could all tell you weren't playing 4d chess, but he's an amazing, incredible quarterback. So as long as I don't have to see him or hear him off the field, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, (laughs) You're going to hear it, though. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> like, that's the problem. And he's one of the quarterbacks now. Um, I do love first. Let me let me start off by saying I do love how um, over the course of maybe maybe the last three or four years, I feel like the quote unquote new media, as Draymond Green likes to call it, um, has kind of started. I feel like we have more insight into the game, like from the players and from uh, people who used to play. So now, you know, we do hear a lot. So I enjoy the fact that Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show every week and that he gives insights or whatever. However, I think (laughs) sometimes it's like, dude, come on, man. Like you gotta, you gotta reel it in, bring it in. Yeah. Like I, Everything you say is not brilliant, Aaron. And like, yeah. all right, like, do you like what? Live your life. That's fine. But I, I'm not in awe of that. Like, that's not. I don't care he's, about you. He's so profound. Like, at like, least he yeah, thinks he is. Like, like, no, dude, you and your man bun. You're not. <laughs> like, you're just not. But he kicks ass on the field. He's unbelievable on the field, except against the 49ers in the playoffs. But other than that, he's dude. great. It's so weird. And I mean, it's good for you guys, I'm sure. You you aren't mad about that at all. But it's like the guy plays perfectly all season. What do you have? Like three interceptions? Like what do you, <laughs> I don't you know, he had however many touchdowns and no interceptions, and then he gets to the playoffs and they can barely move the ball. I, 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 it's like it's beyond me that when he gets to the 49ers in the playoffs, whether it's at home or away, it doesn't matter. Home, away, Jimmy Garoppolo, Colin Kaepernick. He he just can't do it. He lost back-to-back years to Colin Kaepernick. He's lost multiple times now to Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs. And I thought it was hilarious because, you know, when the 49ers crushed them in the NFC Championship game, he was like, well, we got to get one of these at our place. It's like, dude, you had that against Colin Kaepernick and you lost (laughs) that one too in the snow. So, like, it's just a weird phenomenon. Um, It doesn't make up for the fact that he should have been the 49ers quarterback in 2005, but it does help a little. Yeah, man, I couldn't even imagine, like, at this point, like, I I get it, it was 2005, but I'm saying, like, things probably wouldn't have played out the way they have, but let's just say he got there, and then he stayed there. The roster you guys have now with the Aaron Rodgers, just, I I just couldn't, that wouldn't be fair for anybody. Well, the Niners tried to get him before they drafted Trey Lance, they called the Packers, and they were trying to trade for him, so they were hoping that, too. Yeah, I couldn't. I, that would be disgusting. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it no more. What do you, but so as far as their division, um, how, what's your outlook there? I'm kind of fat. I mean, I think that the Packers have the best team. Um, I think that Aaron will be able to make you know chicken salad out of chicken bleep with the wide receivers that they've got there. Maybe they hit on a couple of guys. We'll see. But I am really fascinated by the Vikings. Like the Vikings have now for the first time in a long time an offensive coach and Kevin O'Connell running a system in the kind of Shanahan style system that we've seen have success around the league Kirk Cousins is a human sweater vest but he's also a very consistent (laughs) quarterback as much as people like to hate on him I defend him he's not as bad as people think like he's you can mark him down for like 4,000 yards and 30 touchdown passes this year because he does it every single year and he's never hurt you're surrounding him with Cook and Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen supposedly is looking a little healthier this year. He's still got some gas left in the tank. But they've got solid players there. So I'm not saying that they're going to be like a wrecking crew, but that's not going to be a week off for teams that have to play them. You know, they're going to they're going to be a problem for teams, and you better be on it. Otherwise, they're going to whoop you. Well, I don't think that they, you know, realistically, you know, I don't think that they were ever a put, recently, at least I would say during the Kirk Cousins era there. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've been a pushover. He's consistent. He's he's not a guy that you're going to automatically think of like, oh, my God, that guy's going to take over a game and, and win. But he's not going to lose it. 
he and he's very accurate. He's consistently. I think he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. If if I'm being honest, but I have to look that up. But I'm almost sure I had this conversation before, and and he's he's pretty much up there. So no, I'm with you there. And at Dalvin Cook, um, our guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Phillips just went over there. So you know, Bills just went over there. So hey, I would like to see them dethrone the Packers. You know. I want to see some competition. What's your take on the Lions? I've actually, I'm enjoying uh, hard knocks, actually. Well, you know, we're talking about Baker Mayfield just being an interesting quarterback. I don't know how good of a coach Dan Campbell is, but damn, is he interesting, man. He's made the yeah. Lions more interesting than they've been in, in years, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. he's he's trying to change the culture there. Um, I think that they are a long way away roster-wise from being able to be in a spot where they're going to threaten some people. But I saw the Lions fight pretty hard for a lot of the year last year. Hell, they were losing to the 49ers 41-17 to at the two-minute warning last year and had the ball in their hands at the end of the game with a chance to tie the game. It was I've never seen anything like that before. But that goes to the culture that I think that Dan Campbell's trying to instill. Like, they're going to, for lack of a better phrase, bite some kneecaps. And, yeah. you know, okay. they're building it up there. And I think that Dan Campbell, I think they were smart to do hard knocks because he's a very likable guy. He's getting the media on his side. I think the media likes him because he gives good quotes and stuff like that. He's going to have a little leeway there, a little time to kind of build this thing up. I mean, just compare him to the last guy they had there and Matt Patricia. Like Dan Campbell is 10,000 times more likable than Matt Patricia. I think that's going to buy him some time and, you know, I'm kind of pulling for them a little bit. They haven't had a ton to cheer about in the last, let me, what day is today? 40 years. <laughs> I like him. I'm with you. You're, you're right. He he absolutely makes them way more interesting. You know what? He he actually reminds, and I mean this in the, the most positive way. He reminds me of Rex Ryan in that sense. Like as far as um, his personality and his presence on the mm-hmm. camera or in a room. But I think that he's, he's less, um, Rex was ridiculous you know like I think you know he was just he overreached for certain things like oh the Buffalo Bills won the offseason we didn't even make the playoffs like that's that's what Rex was I don't think Dan Campbell goes that far but he has energy man I want to play for the guy like I would run through a wall for him and his assistant coaches like you know most of the most of the coaches are, are former players themselves and man I don't know it's just something magical I feel when when you have a a locker room that's like completely full of the team you know it's like everybody's a player and everybody understands each other and what it takes to go where you want to go and you know I don't think they're going to be like great this year like like we said I agree with you about it being the Packers I would love to see the Vikings but no I uh I'm gonna root for for them because you're right they haven't had nothing to root for for me since uh Megatron was there you know I'd love Megatron if you just look at teams in terms of like vibes the Lions got some good vibes going, man. Yeah. For a team that especially is not expected to win a ton of game, like everybody feels good about the Lions right now. And it's been a long time since I feel like you could say that. What's there? And again, I'm just having a brain fart for something. The running back. I love him. Like his quote, he gives DeAndre us... Swift. No. Um, is it Williams? Is oh, it Williams? he had the, uh, didn't he have the Jamal Williams? Jamal. Yeah, dude. He has the best quotes. He's so, um, He's so likable. Like last season when he said the Lions picked him up and he was talking about how his other team dropped him and but his girlfriend picked him up. And so like he just he's just so likable, man. And he and, and then now on Hard Knocks, he's giving the speech and he's crying. He's emotional and passionate. And it's like, how do you not root for these guys, man? Like I just, you know, but to, to round this division out, Chicago, they to me, it's a similar not as far as the roster being as good. But quarterback wise, it's a similar situation to what we're seeing with your team. Um, what, what are we looking at, in your opinion, with Chicago? I don't know why the Bears haven't. I feel like they have not done enough to help out Justin Fields. I, I'm kind of a Justin Fields fan. I, I really liked yeah. him coming out. I was sort of hoping the Niners would have drafted him. He was the guy I wanted because I felt like he had accuracy. He had mobility. I felt like he had a chip on his shoulder because like Trevor Lawrence had always sort of been like the number one guy. And he's over here like, what the hell else do I have to do? Even coming out of high school, I think Trevor Lawrence was the number one guy and he was number two. So I, I, you know, if you've got a really talented guy who's also super motivated, that's always a good combo for me. Mm -hmm. But I look at the bears right now, like who are their weapons? Darnell Mooney. Okay. 
and nobody. And I know that Iberflus is, you know, he's taken over there, but you've got to act with some urgency. If you've got a young quarterback, because you need to find out if that guy can play, because if he can, it's your responsibility as a team to load up that roster while that quarterback is cheap on his rookie deal. And you can't do that until you know if that guy can play or not. And you've got to give Justin Fields some help there so that you can get a true evaluation of him. Yeah. And and that's the part I feel bad. You know, it's like, like this kid, I agree with you. He has all the talent in the world, man. He, he could absolutely be a star, but if they don't give him anybody, you know, I feel like it's going to be one of those situations different, but Matt Stafford type deal where you're in in an organization and you have this contract. So you're there, (laughs) you're making money. You're not going to get traded. You're going to play every week because you're a pro. But it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter if you're not good because the team isn't going anywhere. And we see what happened with Matt Stafford. He goes to L.A. and all of a sudden, like, oh, he's the darling of the NFL. Like, this guy is great. Everybody's talking about him as a Hall of Famer. And all it, all it took was a completely different roster for us to look <laughs> at this guy different. So I, I just feel like that about, you know, Chicago. And I, it's bad. It's bad. I got some friends out there, and I feel bad for him, man. They're like the Bills 10 years ago. It's, it's a bad spot. Yeah, man. Circumstances have a lot to do with success and failure, particularly for a quarterback. And right now his circumstances are not great. I hope he has a great year starting in week two after the 49ers kick his butt in week one. Yeah, yeah they're going to get him. They're going to get at him. So, well, let's let's uh, round this, the, the NFC discussion out real quick. we got about 10 minutes left. What, so what is your prediction? How, who do you think comes out of the NFC this year to represent in the Super Bowl? And this is a way too early prediction. Way, way, way too early prediction. <laughs> It is really early. I I don't know if I'm going to be bold here. I, I kind of wonder if maybe it's going to be the Eagles, to be honest with you. I am nice. not in on the Bucks. The fact that Tom Brady just bailed in the middle of training camp, conveniently, by the way, when they were going to play the Dolphins, the team that he moved or tried to move heaven and earth to go to, by the way, he's getting no flack for that whatsoever. He bails on training camp. I felt like if another player did that to Tom Brady, he would have crushed him. He would have frozen him out of the offense and it would, he wouldn't have stood for it. Now he's walking away in the middle of training camp. He retired. He came back like that. I just don't like the vibes there with that. Plus Bruce Arians is gone. Todd Bowles is there. We don't know what the effect of that is going to be. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that Todd Bowles is, is a bad coach, but I don't know if, what he's going to be this year. I'm not just going to automatically assume that he's going to pick up right where Bruce Arians left off. And I know that we've been saying this for a long time, but every year Brady is the oldest he's ever been. At some point, it might not be quite as good as we have seen. I don't think the Bucks as a team are quite as good as they were when Brady first got there. So I'm I'm not going with Tampa Bay. I think I might go Philly, which is crazy because I know they don't have the best quarterback in the NFC, but that roster is really, really good. Yeah, no, I'm with you. He's not the best quarterback, but the drop-off from the best quarterback, um, I, I think it's enough to win with that roster. It's not like what we're talking about with um with Chicago. You know, like he the roster is there and he has enough talent to where he can he's not gonna destroy games for you. He's super t- he can make plays with his legs he makes plays with his arm they got some weapons for him that aj brown trade was, was something on draft night man that that was something so no i, I could absolutely see it man that that's a that, that's an interest, interesting pick and i agree with you about tom brady too isn't it weird too um it just it just seems like first you know a that the injuries are going on he disappears like you said i feel like it's different it's not just something's going on down there and i don't think I don't think that it's just like, oh, yeah, no, I had family stuff. I'm 45. Shit is going on. No, I don't think it's that. I think like something is going on and, you know, they're not they're not telling us. But, man, it, it's super weird down there. And he I don't want to be there. No, he doesn't. And I thought Brian left, which would have made I think Todd Bowles was a decent coach with the Jets. I'm all for having black coaches in the NFL, obviously, like I, I stand for black coaches getting jobs. But um out of the two, I, I, I'm hoping that Brian Leftwich gets that opportunity soon. Like, man, I think he's a brilliant mind. I think that, um, to your point, Todd Bowles is not – he's not Arians, you know. And I know Arians wasn't necessarily great for the entirety of his career, but, um, hey, he's a Super Bowl winning coach at this point. I, I'm – you know, I can't 
drag him. I can't trash him. He's had great teams even when they weren't winners like that. So I respect Arians a, a little bit differently than I do Bowles. I, yeah, I, I mean, want I want Leftwich to get a shot. Bruce Arians is one coach of the year, like multiple times on multiple different teams. So yeah. there, there could be a bit of a drop off. I agree on Leftwich. And the thing about that, you can say is Arians is kind of known for like, not doing a ton, especially late in his career. There were all those rumors that Brady didn't think he was working hard enough. And Arians has made no secret of the fact that number one, like he, he lets his coaches do their thing and he kind of takes a step back. So, you know, normally you might say, well, it's Arians system. How much credit do we give the offensive coordinator? I think the opposite is true with Byron Leftwich. I think he should get a, a shot and I think he will hopefully next year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, We'll see. I hope so. Uh, Sarah agrees with you, too. She says her pick yeah. has been Philly as well. Their defense is picking up, and they have one of the easiest schedules. And and I could see all of those things working in their favor. Like I said, for me, it might be a hot take then, because everybody I say it to, they're like, yeah, I don't know about the Saints, man, And for the same reasons that you gave, like the coaching staff and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm with it. We'll see. I just um, – I'm really hoping that that they take a step forward this year. I, I, I want Jameis to – prove people wrong man he he's better than what they say so for last topic before we get on out of here man i just really want your thoughts um i think everybody knew my thoughts i was very very vocal last week when everything uh happened up in western new york when uh the allegations or the charges for matt ariza punter matt rookie punter for the buffalo bills before he was cut uh matt ariza was charged with uh gang rape and whatever you know whatever else i've been pretty vocal i would like for you if you are comfortable with it i would like for you to kind of share your thoughts and how you feel about the situation and how the bills handled it so first i was all draft waiting for the 49ers to draft him like i was like please let's get this guy he's amazing yeah. and then just to see this I, I you know just completely stunned and i do have to question what the Bills knew and when they knew it, how hard did they look in the first place? You know, teams, NFL teams have security staffs on them that are filled with people that used to work in law enforcement, local law enforcement, federal law enforcement. They have investigators to investigate this type of thing. And I don't know that the Bills didn't investigate. I'm not saying that. I'm just mm -hmm. wondering what they knew and when they knew it. And I think everything from that point, like they were right to cut him and the the process can go through and play out. And I don't know what's going to happen, but if if it's proven that he didn't do anything, then you know what? He'll get another shot punting in the NFL. But I think the Bills absolutely had to cut him. You can't I, I don't even think Deshaun Watson should be playing, frankly, for the Cleveland Browns. Like I I've been vocal and honest about that, too, you know. You just man like look at these things that these people are accused of i think buffalo played it the way they had to play it and i thought that sean mcdermott was visibly shaken at his media session in a yeah. way that i have not seen him very much yeah no you're right he i you know i've seen him um kind of angry one time like when we were kind of going through some times and the media was kind of tough on him he was a little snappy but but this was the first time i've like really seen him and we've had moments you know um obviously when josh lost his grandmother was an emotional time uh, dawson Knox's brother passing away kim pagula having the the medical emergency so mm -hmm. we've had some heavy moments but but this just it, it felt like it weighed on the entire organization differently. Like it, this was this was so different. This was, um, you know, when, when somebody passes away, like it's dark and it's heavy, but it's it's one of those things where it's like we typically rally together and it's like, you know, let's get behind this person. Let's support them. And, and there's like a sense of hope. This just felt dirty. You know, it just felt dirty and disgusting. And in, you know, I'm so proud at this point. Um, to be a Bills fan and, and to say my team um, now did they the whole thing was it perfect? No, but I'm proud to say at the end of the day they got to the conclusion that they got to. They made the right decision and they let him go without the circus. You're not going into this season with a distraction. Like you mentioned, if he's innocent, he'll get a shot. But this year with this roster with this window that we have, we don't we don't have the time for any type of especially a disgusting accusation like this we, we don't have time man right this is not something you know a dui is serious of course but this is a lot more serious than that you know you can deal with 
a speeding ticket or something like that. This is way, way more serious. I think the Bills had to do this. And can I ask you a question? Yeah. And this is not related to that situation, but (laughs) I've just been because I've been so steeped in quarterbacks and thinking about quarterbacks and what if our quarterback played better? And if we just had a quarterback, we could win a Super Bowl. And I keep going back to the Bills and Josh Allen. You cannot have a better playoffs than Josh Allen had last year. You cannot do it. It's almost impossible. And they didn't make the AFC championship game. And so my fandom in me says, well, there's no way Josh Allen's going to play better than that next year. So how can I hope for a better outcome? Well, I mean, I don't think I don't think that he can play better. No, he can't. But what I, I do think um, from the perspective, when you look at the season, he can play better from the season. So if if we get 80 percent of what he gave us in those first two games in the playoffs, I, that, that if we get 80 percent of that for the season, Josh Allen is going to be MVP. And I just don't think that there's anybody that can stop us if you know, if we get because he was perfect, man, like the, the New England game. Literally, we didn't punt. It was seven for seven. Every drive, <laughs> we scored a touchdown. And and then uh, you, you look at the, the Kansas City game. I mean, that fourth quarter, like the last six minutes of that fourth quarter, both quarterbacks, it, it, it was nonstop. And, and I can't blame that. I know a lot of fans were upset with the defense. Listen, sometimes you just go up against a beast. Their, de- their defense couldn't stop Josh. Our defense couldn't stop Patrick. It, sometimes it happens. But, but to answer your question, if we get 80% of what Josh gave us in the playoffs, I am thrilled, man. I am thrilled. And the way I feel this year is weird. I try not to, I always try to be humble at times, unless it's like jerks on Twitter or something talking, <laughs> then I'll talk some stuff, but I try to be humble. And the thing is, it's like this year, I really don't know. This is the first year as a Bills fan. I don't know how to say what my real expectations are. Cause it sounds like I'm being cocky. Like I really feel like this roster has the chance to go 14 and three or 13 and four. And like, I do like when you look at our roster and you look at who we're playing and you look at what Josh can potentially be. Our defense was number one last year. We beefed up our defensive line. We added Von Miller and Tim Settle. Uh, we drafted a, a very good cornerback in, in the first round. So when Trey White comes back, we're going to have a very solid secondary overall. James Cook is going to elevate our backfield. We, you know, like I just I think I'm too excited. And it's one of those things where it's like, holy crap, like we're really this good. And I don't know how to say that without sounding like a jerk. Look, I can speak from experience. I'm old enough to remember when the 49ers were a dominant team in the 90s. And every year in the 90s, they were winning 10 to 12 games. And you just, it was just get through the season. We know we're making the playoffs. For for me, especially the early to mid 90s, it was just wake me up at the NFC Championship game when Dallas comes to town. Because they, they were the only two teams. That's what it felt mm-hmm. like in the NFC. It was just them. That's it. And we'll just see you in the NFC Championship game. And the whole season is going to come down to that game. And I feel like that's where the Bills are, to be honest with you. It's not arrogant to say. It's it's just the facts of the matter. And I know as somebody that roots for and covers an NFC team, I look over at the other conference and I'm like, you know, if the Bills, if they got picked off by like the Bengals or the Ravens in the playoff game, I wouldn't be too upset about that. Like, I do not want to play the Buffalo Bills. And in a weird way, your team and your quarterback, I think is responsible for Trey Lance being the 49ers quarterback to make this come totally full circle. Because that Monday night football game, when the Bears played the 49ers, I really think opened Kyle Shanahan's eyes to having a mobile quarterback and how much that helps. I think Kyle was like, our defense is great. We have an incredible game plan up against this guy. And then he went out and kicked the 49ers ass. Nothing they did bothered him. And you could see Kyle Shanahan after the game kind of have that glassy eyed look like I like he could not believe that the plan didn't work. And I think it kind of kicked in for him at that point. Like, yeah, that's what a guy that can move can do. He can go beyond your scheme to win games if he has to. So thank you, I guess. Yeah, well, and I think I think once he developed again with expectations being correct, I think you know maybe later into the season or next season, I think that the experience will help him be that guy to do it. But I, man, I'm excited for you guys. Really, I think you have a a, a star over there, a star in the making. So let's get on out of here, man. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and your content and what you got coming up, major and the season starting. So I know you got a lot coming up. So you can check us out, the Niners Nation podcast. Just search Niners Nation everywhere you get your podcast. We have long-form shows 
every day of the week. We've got a five-minute daily show in the morning. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, I'm at Stats on Fire. I like to say I'm there for the arguments. <laughs> you got a TikTok, man? I, I, I do. I, I have a TikTok. I feel like the old dude in the room. <laughs> But I do have it, and I do post. I try to post at least one video a day, just like Niners news and things going on with the team. But, yeah, I've entered that space, as frightening as it can be. All right. I think I got to get to it, man. But, but <laughs> hey, thank you so much for joining me, man. Like, this is honestly, this has been a pleasure and an honor for me. I really, really appreciate this. And for everybody listening on podcast form or even live tonight, thank you so much. I know how we do it here with Buffalo Rumblings. I love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And, as always, stay positive. Test negative. Go Bills. Code of conduct.